It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now listen. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. They want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well Best Bits of Tonight's show. I wish you could hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Um, Andrew Bridgen, Conservative Member of Parliament for North West Leicestershire. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening, James. Um, how are you, by the way, now everything's quietened down on the Brexit front? Um, well, there are very few quiet days in Parliament, especially when you've got... HHS2 storming through the middle mm. of your constituency. Well, that's um, going to be it's, good. It's, it's going to be marvellous. Really. Oh, come on, Andrew. We're, trying, we're going to try and make you see how useful this is going to be for you. Well, it is popular in London, James. I've, I've worked that one out from all the polls, and it would appear that so that people who live in London, when they're forced to travel to the middle of the north, can get home to London faster. That's why they want HS2. Well, um, I think you'll find that the mayor of Manchester and the mayor of... Uh, Liverpool um, and, Birmingham. And, yeah, and Birmingham have all wanted it and they are the driving force behind it. It would appear so, but that's because they're not really being offered anything else. It's either you know, HS2. I'm sure if originally when the budget was 30 billion or 32 billion, not 106, mm. if we'd said to them, here's 10 billion each for regeneration. Um, they wouldn't have said, well, I'll tell you what, let's put it all together and build a railway line. I uh, I think it'll be useful for your constituents. I mean, I think it'll bring Will more there be work any station across... near there? No, not in Leicester, no. Nowhere well, near. It won't, be, it won't be useful for my constituents. It, 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 it passes straight through and doesn't stop. It actually goes by East Midlands Airport. My constituent doesn't stop. And it, it runs on, it'll be 20 minutes drive north to Toton to get a train mm. to London 20 minutes faster to pay more for the ticket. 
So mm. we'll be taking all of the pain for none of the gain in North West Leicestershire, that's for sure, and many other constituencies. Would you like a little branch line and a station in your constituency, if I could arrange it? Well, we have a line. I have no railway station in my constituency, which is insult to injury. Yeah. Um, we do have a railway line that's still there called the Ivanhoe line, which is occasionally used for mineral, uh, moving minerals uh, uh, out of the constituency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would cost probably something in the region of £100 million to bring that up to standard and put, reinstate some stations. Um, mm-hmm. I've got five constituencies along the line of 32 miles of track would like it. But every time I ask the government for £100 million, they say we've got no money. <clears throat> but we, So I think we could actually reopen that railway line for a thousandth the cost of, uh, yeah. of HS2. Well, let's see if we can't cheer you up and find a way to raise the money, because I'm sure there must be a way to raise the money to get it well, done. I think HS2 is unfortunately going to continue to uh, balloon in price. It's gone up threefold in seven years, and it's got another 20 years to run. I think it's going to be over two hundred billion easy. Well, I think they're going. I mean, I hope. I don't know, but I uh, I imagine they're going to put some sort of penalties in uh, if it goes over, and, and maybe they're going to put a limit on how much they're prepared to pay for it and get it done. Because I think well, that's not quite how it's gone, James. Uh, it used to be on the original mm. contracts uh, that any cost overruns were sixty percent for the contractor, forty percent risk to the taxpayer. Uh, to get the price down to 106 billion, HS2 presumed that the, because of the risk was mostly on the contractors, that that was getting to them to inflate the prices. So we've got to 106 billion by the contracts being changed, and now the taxpayer bears all the risk cost overruns. I suspect, knowing well, uh, how it works, that, that six months from now, once it's got through the gateway, uh, there'll be a lot of cost overruns, and that's all. But we'll get that back in the long run from the, you know. The I mean, tax receipts we raise from yeah. the, the... A lot of people are very happy about it. It's just, unfortunately, a, a number of members of Parliament, like yourself, Andrew, and I want you to try and be happy about this. I want you to try and look on the positive side of this. For the country overall, yeah. it is, yeah, I mean, you'll still, we'll still get you voted in in the next election, but you've got yeah. a long well, time to wait for that. Well, we've been waiting a long time. It's seven years since the route was announced. Yeah. We've probably got another 20 years till the porridge's completed. That means that my constituents will have suffered 27 years of blight. Well, I think that's fairly inhuman. I did say to the then Secretary of State seven years ago, why are you announcing this route now when it's, it doesn't need to be announced for another decade and upsetting people? Mm. But we are where we are, aren't we? The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, now, Westminster City Council has today, uh, well, back in January, it published... Uh, papers for its planning committee schedule, uh, schedule for uh, today, in fact, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that includes the application for a new proposed Holocaust Memorial and Learning Centre uh, in Victoria Tower Gardens. Um, this seems to be an ongoing thing that never really seems to get anywhere. Let's talk to Dr. Uh, Rabbi Jonathan Romain. Uh, Jonathan, good evening. Hello, James. Uh, I'd, I find it difficult to understand why... Something like this wasn't constructed years ago. Well, uh, actually, I would take the opposite view and say I'm finding it surprising that they're talking of constructing it at all. 
Um, not that I'm against the memory of the Holocaust, far from it, because I think it's an important message, not just because six million Jews died, but because that uh, were murdered, not just died, uh, but because it's uh, about hist uh, history and intolerance and prejudice and what happens when any people uh, says to another group, uh, you are not as human as we are, and the, uh, and the butchery that, and savagery that can, uh, can apply, and it affects not just Jews, but any minority. But... So no problem with keeping the memory of the Holocaust alive, but I have every problem with the particular process because we already have a uh, Holocaust museum at the Imperial War Museum in London, not that far away anyway. So the question is, why duplicate it? Well, why do Westminster's Council want to have it? Well, it was one of these, what you might call, good ideas at the time, mm. um, uh, David Cameron, and, and he probably meant it, you know, for good reasons. Let's have a Holocaust... Uh, museum, but not really thinking it through. And of course, it's one of those things that other people then think, well, if we say no, uh, particularly now, it's like we're, we're, we're against the Holocaust, whereas actually it's not true, it's just against this particular method. Um, and it, by the way, it's not just because it would duplicate the Imperial War Museum, uh, but because also, you know, as everyone knows, education is the key, and, and it's not this generation perhaps does know about the Holocaust, it's the next generation we still educate. And, 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 and by having it in one particular place, London, it means all the school kids throughout the UK have got to come to London. Well, that's no good. It's much better to take it to, to the kids throughout the UK by actually <clears throat> not putting the 100 million into a building, but into educational programs, into films, into trips to Auschwitz, because monuments by themselves don't combat prejudice. You actually have educational programs. So the, 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 there's already a museum, mm. and also the money could be better spent in a more sort of constructive, uh, forward-looking uh, way. All right. Um, why, in that case, uh, don't you and, and some other uh, leaders of Jewish communities say this, or have you said it to them? Well, some of us have. Um, and, um, I mean, I... I uh, wrote a letter in the Times about it. There's other people like Baroness Ruth Deitch who've uh, talked about it in the in the Lords. Um, and uh, uh, but I yeah. So so some people have have taken a stand. Uh, but you, you can you can understand why it's it's an unpopular stand to take because it can be so misconstrued as being anti anti Holocaust or anti Jewish. Well, I'm a I'm a rabbi, so I'm clearly not anti Jewish. Um, and I'm certainly not anti-Holocaust memory. And, uh, in fact, it's not just a matter of history, it's my autobiography, because my mother um, is a, a, a refugee from Nazi mm. Germany, and I'm only alive and born in Britain thanks to the hospitality of the British government of the time. So no problem with the Holocaust, but just a problem with this particular idea and way of remembering it. All right. Um, what, do they actually still teach about the Holocaust and the tragedy of the Second World War or not? Uh, yes, and, uh, you know, I think it was the same, uh, it was the Labour government under Blair, uh, Tony Blair, that introduced this into the curriculum, and all credit to them. Mm. But it's, uh, it, it, it can certainly be expanded, um, and it can be uh, rolled out in a better way, and, it's, and, and as I say, the 100 million that would go into the building, and no doubt much more for the maintenance, I think could be better spent for educational purposes, because it is very London-centric. Um, I would actually feel the same if it was in Manchester or Liverpool, because, again, it would mean it was limited to one particular mm. place, whereas we want to get it out into schools in Cornwall and Hartlepool and Dundee and all over the uh, UK and not just in one particular uh, area. Well, I think that sounds very sensible mm. in that case. I, uh, and, um, I don't know why there needs to be a Holocaust. I mean, there should be a Holocaust museum in this country, but not a central 
you know, well, thing I, in London. I mean, I could understand it in Germany or places like that, but not mm. in this country, really. It doesn't have anything to do with the Holocaust directly. No, you're, you're right. And certainly, you know, there are countries like uh, Germany and uh, Poland and Russia uh, where, the, where um, they, they have a lot to answer for in the Second World War. And uh, Britain was, of course, the, the country that stood up to the Nazis, and all credit to, to the, the people at the time. Uh, but on the other hand, we do know that... The, well, I think the, the Poles helped us quite well. a lot, didn't they, Jonathan? Pardon? I think the Poles helped us quite a lot. Well, yes and no. I think you have to say some mm. Poles <clears throat> were very good, and, of course, they were, uh, they were, they were the Polish pilots who fought with the RAF. Yeah. Um, but they were also, uh, you know, it's just it's no coincidence that all the extermination camps were in Poland, and they were manned not by Germans but by Poles by local people. Uh, so um, there was a responsibility either way, and there were good polls and bad polls. Um, and, and, the real, and the real thing is uh, to make sure that, that, that prejudice, discrimination, intolerance, and, and the sort of dislike of minorities is something that we, we tackle uh, and, uh, and, and try and uh, eradicate that almost faulty gene that's in the human mm. system that makes us suspicious of anyone who's a little bit different, whether it's a right race or sex or gender or colour. Dr. Rabbi Jonathan Romain, Minister of Maidenhead Synagogue in Berkshire. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, now, we're very uh, grateful to have in the studio uh, Paul Brennan. That's me. And uh, Moira Brennan. Well, you must be related. We certainly are, <laughs> for a very long time. <laughs> I was just trying to think when I heard, first heard Clannard, um, and it must have been back in the 70s. Would it have been before Harry's game? It could well have been. Really? Yeah, yeah. How long just... have you been together? Well, I mean, we're we're kind of celebrating fifty years of of becoming Clannad, like mm. in Donegal as a folk band. Um, so that's you know, that's I'm kind of sure I worked for a man in a disco in London who was a friend of yours, mm-hmm. and who and he I... probably played. Well, we're talking 50 years ago now, so I, I'm not sure I can remember his name, but <laughs> I worked in a club called The Sundown in Tottenham Court Road. Mm-hmm. What did he look like, man? What did he look like? <laughs> <laughs> I, the only thing I can remember about him is that he had glasses. Do you remember okay. him, is that? No, I haven't a clue no. who that is. No. no. I, it could I, be a million I people. I, yeah. And I'm afraid I never <laughs> met him. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, we were, apparently, you were good friends of his. He was Irish, uh-huh. and you were going to come and play in the club, but I don't think you ever did, so we maybe he was just... Uh, he was making hoping. it all up. Yeah. He was, he was hoping, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Now, you, we'll talk about the album in a moment, mm-hmm. but you're going to have a, a farewell tour. That's us. That's why we're here. I mean, and, uh, you don't look old enough to be giving up. What's all this about? Uh, we have good genes. We're well. <laughs> well, have you had enough, then? <laughs> why, why are you stopping? Um, it's just we're we're all doing our own things as well, and yeah. and you know it's it's kind of we just feel it's the right time. Mm. I mean, we 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 had a world tour around about um, 2012, 2013. Kind of did a couple of festivals, and then 2014, and we then stopped and just did the odd things. And we kind of were talking about let's go out and have a final hurrah. And we just, you know, we have a lot of friends and fans all around the world, and it'd be nice to just get it. Mm. Just to, to, to do. And also one of our former members, he, he passed um, one of the five. There were five mm. of us. There's only four left. And we had this discussion when we came back because I, I left the band in the 90s. Mm-hmm. We came back in uh, 2012 for that tour. And we were thinking then that we would we, it could be a final tour. Mm. And when he passed, 
it became a mm. no-brainer. Yeah. And where did you go when you left for a bit? I just went uh, doing different projects. I went, uh, actually worked out of Peter Gabriel's studio, mm. working on projects with him for about four or five years. Then I did film score. I mean, I never, uh, you know... You never stopped stop working, never, but I you... I never yeah. left the family. Mm. I, left, I left the band. <laughs> and is the band like, or was it like a family? Always has been, for yeah. the word go. It was uh, myself and my brother Kieran, my brother Paul, and twin uncles who are my mother's younger brothers. Mm. And my father opened a pub in the late 60s. Whereabouts? In Donegal. Okay. Have you ever been there? I have been to Donegal. Oh, it's gorgeous? beautiful. Oh, mm. it is. It really is. And, uh, like, he was a musician all his life with his family and everything. And, you know, everything was changing in Ireland. So they, they he decided to, you know, open a pub, music pub, really. Mm. So he would say, sing an entertainer and, and, and entertain. And he his big thing was really bringing other people on the stage and having an open mm. stage and that. And uh, but what it meant for us, we were home for our from school and college and everything. And we'd get up and our stage. perform. Mm. And that's how we kind of started so it was kind of casual you know and it was really nice but some of them i'm the eldest of nine and some of the other sisters have joined us down through the years and um you'd be like an irish nolans there's a lot of family groups aren't there in ireland like the cores and 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 now even there's a lot of young you know traditional bands particularly families Mm. growing up playing irish music and that and there's an awful lot of families that would just stay together and and play music it's just Mm. a nice thing to do the james whale show come praise the whale on talk radio I just free gave free. you my thoughts. No, I'm asking our listeners. I'm uh, not well, really... You looked at me. I don't know. Well, you look at me and said that. I wasn't meaning to look at you because your shirt is really making me feel quite <clears throat> bilious. Yeah. Well, do they do yellow pages anymore? They do, but it's so small now. You don't see it when it lands on your, on your doormat sometimes. I haven't seen one for yeah, years. Yeah, because it's so small. Just ash. Ash plumbing services. Yeah, we'll <laughs> give you a very competitive quote. Um, They've shut the balcony so you can't get blown off when you're out there. Oh, sorry, so windy, I'm reading out some the... no, I'm just comments coming the news, from our listeners. And I, normally that's where I'd go, but I can't go out there tonight. Uh, shall we... Uh... What? what? what no, I was just thinking. What was that sigh for? Just sighing, you know. It's good to it's, talk. It's yeah. always good to talk. It's always good to talk. Good so to why do you keep there. talking to me? I mean... <clears throat> well, I just thought, you know, sometimes you like to hear what I'm thinking, don't you? That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.